I am really excited and honored to have this time to interview Michael at Balzac Craft Brewing Company. And he is joining us all the way from Texas. And uh, we're gonna talk about everything business and marketing. I have some really great questions written down here to ask him. One of them is, what's the number one marketing mistake you see most often? So for those of you who don't know, Michael is in charge of marketing for Balzac Brewing. He also, where is he here? Um, he's also one of the owners and I'm just going to get him on here and to also talk a little bit about an event that he has graciously allowed us to hold at Balzac Brewing in Airdrie on September 13th. Hey, Michael. Hi, how are you? I'm really good. How's the weather in Texas? Good. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Okay. Good. I've got this microphone thing going on and these headphones. I'm literally wired for sound. So. <laughs> you are a profesh. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so is it is it like insanely hot there today? It is, yeah. Actually, we, we've seen probably one of the hottest summers in a long time here in Texas. So it's you go from your air-conditioned house to your air-conditioned car to your air-conditioned office to your air-conditioned car back to your air-conditioned house. So you have to wait pretty late in the night to get some fresh air. Um, but it's you just have to make best make make yeah. do with it. Well, you know that it hailed here today, right? Oh, did it really? Well, Oh, that's no surprise. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're good to you're good to get a couple of hailstorms back home right. every single year. So right, yeah, we've had we've had a few big hailstorms here this year actually too. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, like quarter size, golf ball size, quite a few times actually. So wow, wow, that's uh, that's good to know. It makes me a little bit happy. Not gonna lie. Anyways, <laughs> um, so so I have so many questions for you. First of all, I just want to thank you for allowing us to have uh, an event for female entrepreneurs, yeah. um, co-hosting that event with the Real Biz Moms. Thank you for letting us have that at your fine establishment at the Balzac Brewing Company in Airdrie. Yeah, super excited and happy to do so. You know, we, like you and I talked about, we we love supporting small local businesses and um, you know, a lot of our small businesses that we share are, are female owned and we love that. And so anything we can do to help drive more commerce in our community is uh, absolutely something we love to do all the time. So, yeah, we've had, had a ton of women sign up for this event, so I'm pretty excited about it. It's going to be fantastic. Um, yeah, we've got some fantastic door prizes lined up for the ladies and uh, all sorts of fun things planned for them, including a four hour marketing workshop. So um, it's gonna be fantastic. So we're gonna talk about business and marketing today. Um, I want you to first of all, share the story about Balzac Craft Brewing. How did it come to be? How long from, you know, when it was first dreamed up to when it actually launched? Like, what was that just like, you know, window of time? Like, tell us all that. Yeah, um, yeah, happy to. So uh, Balzac Craft Brewing Company was actually, uh, a bit of a vision of my father and I. Uh, we um, had traveled over to England. He was over there working. And uh, I went to visit him one time when I was about 18 years old. And um, we both fell in love with English craft beer. And, um, you know, as an 18 year old getting off a plane uh, to England where I'm used to drinking kokanee and very like uh, crisp, cold, uh, well carbonated beers to go into England where they prefer their beer at room temperature without any carbonation. It was a big slap in the face, uh, but you fall in love with it very quickly. 
uh, easy drinking beer. And it was just amazing that, uh, that we got to experience that. So when we came back all the years later, we, we were always looking for a good pub, uh, a good pub to have a pint. And we fell in love with Boddington's and Newcastle and Speckled Hen and Guinness and all the things we could get. And, um, but over time, you know, we still kind of long for that good solid pour of an English ale. Um, so in 2017, uh, my father and I, uh, we were, he had just finished wrapping up an opportunity with an oil company that he was with in Colorado. And, um, you know, that's kind of the name of the game in oil and gas. You kind of go where the opportunity is. And so they were lucky enough to travel throughout the world and throughout the United States. And throughout that journey, um, we were sitting down talking about what the next journey was going to hold for him. And, you know, he, you know, we're not a family that stops working ever. And that's kind of our moniker as a family. And so when we had the chance to do it, um, we just sat down and discussed, maybe now's the time to start the brewery. And so we, we, we thought about it long and hard over a bottle of scotch. And then uh, the next morning, um, and we were on vacation at the time, the next morning I, I came into the condo that he and my mother were staying at. And my mom uh, said, well, I don't know what the hell you said to him last night, but he's been on a damn iPad all night researching. So wow. it, was, uh, it was great. And so, you know, my, my parents uh, and I just started putting rubber to road. You know, we grew up in Balzac. We grew up where the bluegrass tree farms is. Um, at the time, it was there was no mega mall, anything. It was all just farmland, and everybody, you know, knows that over the years. And um, so, when we decided what we were going to name it, um, we knew right away it was going to be called the Balzac Craft Brewing Company. So, um, you know, once we got all the paperwork in place, and and you know, collectively got investment dollars put together. Um, it was just off to work and building from from scratch. Everything that you see in that brewery is done by hand. And the only thing that we we were able to have an outside procurement of, so to speak, is that beautiful bar that we have there. Um, that was done by some some good guys out in uh, Canmore. And um, yeah, and so from there now we've been able to open our doors since 2019. It was the first day we opened our doors in July. And then um, we've been fortunate enough to to remain open until you know to this day yeah and so july 2019 yeah interesting timing right i yeah. mean no one really yeah. had a clue what was coming at that point oh, so man, how did you I'll navigate you all those changes yeah. between july 2019 and when shit kind of hit the fan <laughs> yeah what a what a journey i mean we um it was it was such a the highest of highs and then the lowest of lows you know we it was right we had been fortunate enough to do a lot of legwork uh, to become, you know, one of the beer providers for the Alberta Games. Audrey had hosted the Alberta Games that year, and we had come up with this beer that we would put gold flakes in uh, that used so that every, you know, the gold medal beer, so to speak, to go along with the games. And so, um, you know, we were just on such a high because we had so many people from out all over Alberta coming to Airdrie and stopping in and seeing our brewery and thinking it was the greatest thing ever. And then it was shortly thereafter, they decided they were going to start shutting down menus and, and shifting no indoor service. And, you know, when you build a business plan, there is no line item for uh, in case of pandemic. And so you really can't uh, plan accordingly necessarily for, for anything like that. You know, our business model was built on 80% of our volume uh, happening within the, the walls of the tap room. And um, so we hadn't anticipated ever canning our product uh, in tall cans like I've got here 
um, you know, we we don't can that. And so we had to pivot very quickly because there was many, many other establishments in the same boat as us. And, you know, we were also still only open a year. So, you know, liquid cash was very tight. Um, we were still, you know, trying to recoup some costs of you know, opening doors. And, and so we just had to come together and once the shock happened and you start to pivot a bit and adjust and space tables and put up plexiglass and uh, all the things, stickers on floors, and you had to kind of sit back and take a breath. And we realized very quickly that uh, we couldn't resist it anymore, that we were going to have to, you know, start canning our product. And so with that, we had to find the money in order to get a small canning machine so that we could start um getting in stores and having people take their our product home with them and you know at the time we were very grateful for groups like sobeys that and, and co-op um people who could order large volumes from us um you know because of the other side of our production was was kegs and when restaurants are closed now you've got nothing going out of your front door or to the restaurants and that's super super uh super scary so uh we had some great venues though that that we uh, that were able to to continue to purchase from us, and we were grateful for that. The other thing we did was um, we actually did something which is a marketing tactic that I would you know definitely share with your audience. Um, it actually came from Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm, I've been a fan of his for a long time in a lot of ways before hustle culture and all the alpha aggressive uh, you know tactics that he does. But one thing that he does talk about that I am a fan of is um, go everywhere your competition is not. And so when the pandemic hit, the natural reaction is, well, we're going to go into Calgary, uh, you know, the population of greater area, 2 million people, and let's be a part of that. And uh, what we did is we actually went to north of Airdrie and the surrounding area and went rural. We went yeah. into every curling arena, every golf course, every hockey arena, every small saloon, every, you know, small liquor store. And that was what we did to, you know, be able to get our volume out. We don't have a salesperson. We're self-distributed. Um, and so we leaned into relationships, which is kind of the core foundation of our why as a business. We, uh, we like to see the whites of people's eyes. If you're familiar with craft beer, there's a gentleman named Jim Coke. And Jim Coke started the Boston Beer Company. Sam Adams is what most people know. is a brand that whenever they fly, it's on every bar. So, uh, Jim Coke talked about when he was starting Sam Adams that uh, Coors, Pabst, Budweiser was every bar of, of uh, in Boston. What he did is he took a small cooler about the size of a bread box, he said. He took two cold beers and two clean frosty mugs and packed it full of ice. And then he physically would walk into these places to see the whites of people's eyes. And most of these people had never seen a beer rep in their life. And so... Um, he would drink a beer with them and so they could get a clean glass and a, and a fresh beer. And that was what he pitched it on. And then what he did after that was he would then go in and clean the lines of all these of all these places that were buying his beer to make sure that his product was just as fresh as it come out of the bottle into that glass. And so that's what we did. We are now we went into small some of these small saloons and we would clean the lines, whether it was our beer or not. Um, we would bring in a fresh glass and a can and make sure that they got to sample our stuff. And that's really how we grew during the pandemic. You know, we went everywhere that everyone was not. We pivoted our model and focused on marketing around what our why was. And that was human connection and, and growing commerce in small communities. And that's why we're still here today. Wow. 
Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Yeah. I'm sure you could have shared even more detail than that, but like that was really robust. Thank you for, for taking the time to explain all those details. I know that um, anyone with a business of any kind definitely took some value and some uh, tips and tricks away from that. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, I love the human connection piece. When we talked on the phone, um, I know I was trying to kind of keep that conversation really short because I wanted to like save all the, <laughs> I wanted to save that conversation for right now while, while we're live. But one thing you did say was, you know, beer, I don't know how you said it, but like you, you use beer as a, as a connection tool, as a way, you know, for people to make new friends and just new connections. And then that's ultimately what, what beer is about. And, and now that I know the story about, you know, the English pubs and, and I know that feeling going into an English pub, it's like instantly like walking into, you know, an episode of Cheers or something. Everybody's just like friends and it's yeah. so like, so comfy and so I love that you have really embodied that and, uh, and you, you, you know, you've continued to create that atmosphere, not only in your establishment, but just in the way your company interacts with other small businesses. So thank you for all of that. It's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. We're happy to do it. Yeah. We, um, you know, we, we use beer as a way to drive commerce and community. And I think that that's, uh, everything that you just touched on is is a big part of how we built our our engine, so to speak. That feeling of when you walk through our door, you kind of just have this, and um, it's hard to put a word or a feeling to it. It's just a presence. And um, yeah, we we do we do pride ourselves in being like Cheers. You know, you actually, if you look around, you'll see we don't have any TVs on the walls, and that's intentional. Um, we also don't have a kitchen in our brewery, and that's intentional as well. We. We built it and planned it that way because, and this was great during the pandemic as well, when when some service was allowed uh, on patios, um, that what, it, what our model allowed is that people could order from other restaurants around our community. Our, our neighbor Moody, uh, Moody's Mediterranean, he, he was great during the pandemic and served so many customers for us. You know, um, we've got a pizza place just on the corner from us. Um, people order tacos from from you know taco places locally, um, from tacos and tequila. Um, Abe's in in our city is a great place people order. So I mean, we got Paul's Pizza being dropped off. We've got all these places that people were just ordering from, and you know we view it as you know technically as as a restaurant, you kind of gain a hundred seats just by having us in your neighborhood, right? Yeah. So. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, all these other businesses that you are supporting by just existing because you're not, you know, you're not competing with them and they can all be part of your business too. That's such a neat model. I think it was 2020 when I was there for the first time. And, and yeah, I was like, uh, what's the food situation? And then we get good little Moody's, you know, pamphlet thing on the, on the table. And yeah, I like, you know, ordered it. And then somebody from Moody's ran it across the street, you know, while I was drinking my second pint. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, yeah. What is this place? I just loved it. So it's so different. It is. And it's fun too. You know, we have parents that bring in kids with Happy Meals. They'll stop at the McDonald's. It's in the same parking lot. And then they'll show up with Happy Meals. And it's it's awesome. We we don't have a problem with that, right? The kids love it. Families, mom and dad get a chance to take a break. Um, I remember when we first opened and people were like, well, what's the situation with the kids? Like, do they leave at seven o'clock? I'm like, well, no. I mean, they stay as long as you want. I don't care. You know, we don't. We don't care. I mean, yeah. Why? Why? Why would? And you know, for the most part, you know, the only thing we ever ask is, you know, keep them close only because we've got brewing equipment around, and we don't want kids tripping and and putting their hand into something they don't need it to be putting their hand into. Mm -hmm. And so, but we're family friendly. We're we're commerce friendly. We're community friendly, and it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I have some kind of, I guess, more general marketing questions. Yeah. And perhaps you want to touch a little bit on what you do aside from your work with Balzac Brewing Company first. Would that be okay? Yeah, good. Tell me a little bit about, um, you know, all the hats that you wear, um, some of the experience that you have in working with businesses of different sizes. Maybe just give us an overview of that yeah. side of marketing. Sure, sure. So I, I focus on growth marketing is what I focus on. So um, that's a very broad and general, you know, title nowadays. But um, essentially, I, I have a, a, a unique and, and in-depth sales background and negotiating background and combined with you know, marketing experience. And so everything I do is around growth marketing. I take products and find unique ways to evangelize and tell a story about them, or I take existing products and find you new ways for um, existing customers to utilize that product in a different way. And so I'm, you know, in a, in a business to consumer, a B2C perspective. I'm also in a, in a D2C, a direct, a, a direct to consumer purchasing ecosystem. So my whole experience is around finding unique ways to tell a story to get someone to raise their hand and either become an existing customer or increase their, their presence as a customer, right? Make a second, third, fourth purchasing decision. So um, I came about it as leading high, you know, I've always had a creative mind. I'm a bit of a storyteller. So um, you know, I, I, it led to a great sales background um, where I was leading sales teams. And then from there, you know, I had a great opportunity with my creative mind to, to work with a lot of very innovative marketers. And, um, you, you know, we were getting into social ecosystems and using artificial technology even before it was a thing and focusing on high-level PR um, projects. Um, I was working with a company that had just acquired the naming rights for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, Acquisure Stadium is what it's called now, but the Heinz Field acquisition. So, um, you know, I've been... I've been very fortunate to be a part of a lot of very cool, very public uh, products that are in front of people. And the best thing is just creating experiences. And so combining all that experience, I was part of the Penny Lane ecosystem for quite a while, uh, way back in the day before I had to grow up and get a real job and, and couldn't Peter Pan my way through life anymore. Um, but I'm grateful for that because it gave me exposure to some of the largest event spaces and opportunities in the world. Um, so in growth marketing, the whole goal is just find a way to bring experiential atmosphere to every single aspect of what you do, and then have that become so potent in people that they go out and share that same experience based on how they felt when they were there. Wow, so cool, so cool, and that's exactly how I felt when I was at um, when I was at Balzac Craft Brewing for the first time. So you guys are doing a great job of that over there. And, uh, and so fun for you to be able to work with other businesses and help them, you know, create those experiences. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I've, I've, um, I've been fortunate enough to work with friends that have other, you know, that have companies and, and needing, you know, marketing advice on how do I do this or how should I grow or what should I have my social media presence look like? And, you know, talk to me about SEO and do I need a website and, and, you know, how should I, is content worth writing and what should I write about? And, you know, everything from that kind of, you know, how do I grow organically to how much money should I spend a month on paid, you know, on Google pay-per-click to try and grow my business and increase my followers and, and make, you know, have people make immediate purchasing decisions. Um, but I, I love doing it because I, I kind of love 
investing in people and watching them experience something that means so much to them. And so if I can help to be a catalyst to somebody to have them realize their potential and watch their dreams come true, then to me, it's totally worth it. It's so much fun. Awesome. So I do have a list of questions for you. Um, you don't have to answer all of them, but if you want to answer, <laughs> feel free. Sure. So the first one is what should absolutely every small business owner do more of? Hmm. Um, I think they should do more of organic marketing. I think that you should identify what your why is and then tell that story organically constantly. Um, you'll notice with us, we don't do anything flashy and we don't like make any fake TikTok videos or anything that isn't in line with what we do. I'm not saying it's not, it's not, um, it's not a good method. I think for us, it's just, it's not our channel, right? It's not organic for us to do that thing. It's not a medium that we see success in. I think what you need to do is focus on creating organic content that's relevant to, uh, to, to what your business is. So I would say if you could do anything, keep doing organic content, like create videos that highlight your staff, right? Create videos that talk about your unique story. Create videos that align with people that are in your community that resonate with other people. Um, I think those are all organic ways. If that aligns with who you are as a business, do that thing. You know, I think a lot of times too many people try to just um, jump into a space where they have someone else creating content for them and it becomes so inauthentic. It loses touch with who you are as a business. Um, I also think, you know, there's a lot of people that have franchises and, and things like that where they're, they're stuck to a, a certain expectation of marketing they can use. But that doesn't mean you can't tell the story of what it is that your brand does a little differently, right? So I think more businesses need to create more organic content and do it nonstop. Here's the thing that people tell me all the time. Well, I get people telling me that they don't like my content. Well, maybe they're just not your customer and that's okay, right? Being true to what you believe is organic content, what is part of your why, don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Worry about how you can be true to yourself and what you can create. And I know a lot of people are like, well, that doesn't put money on the table. It will. It will if you're doing it consistently enough. And if it's authentic enough and you're doing it repeatedly, that's how you build a brand, right? Mm -hmm. The one thing about it, we've had so many people come to us. We don't have a massive following. We're at 6,300 followers. But I will say this. I've never paid for a single follower. I also, do, I also delete bots like it is my job. I spend half my time deleting fake accounts or inappropriate accounts and things that come on and make stupid comments, follow us on this or share this on this page. We don't get in that space, but we have been doing nothing but creating honest, organic content that means something to us because then it means something to the people that walk through our doors. I think when you do that, then it's better to have 6,300 people that you can constantly give to so that when it's time for you to ask for something back, mm -hmm. then they show up, right? Give, 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 ask for one thing. I view that as, as a, what I define as like a, a trust equity account. You mm -hmm. do these things with your marketing to build trust with your community. And every time you do that, you're making a deposit in an invisible account with your customers, mm -hmm. right? And as time goes on, you've collectively built this great big equity that you can draw from and use that to make an ask. Don't go ahead and deplete that dollar amount because it just depletes who you are as a brand, right? Be organic, be authentic. Right. 
I love that. You pretty much answered my next question, which was what's the number one marketing mistake you see most often? And I think it kind of sounds like it might be, you know, hiring someone to create content for you that's not authentic to your brand. Um, maybe something like that. And maybe you even answered it when you said the last bit there about, you know, um, you know, give, 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 and then don't be out there just trying to take. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I mean, don't be everything to everybody, right? I don't, I don't think that's necessary. I think that you know, it's really important to be what your brand represents to the people that you're looking to draw in. Um, you know, there's a lot of it, this. The one thing about the pandemic is it has eliminated a lot of really incredible breweries, unfortunately. And I think what's happened that you're seeing is that. There are also some breweries out there that went out with their why and then panicked when people didn't immediately respond, right? And then what they did is they then changed their model and then they would change their model again. And then they would change their model again where you kind of walk in the door and you're like, what is this? Is it a brewery? Is it a pub? Is it, you know, airplane themed? Is it space theme? Like, is it, is it Elvis? I and mean, you don't really know what it is. When you're everything to everybody, you're nothing to anyone. And that's kind of the thing is it's very confusing to not be a part of what you are. We've had people multiple times try to ask us to partner on things or to create beers for them or, and we have, we're very specific about what we will do. And I think that's the thing is just, you know, don't, don't uh, try to be everything to everybody because it's, it, it will absolutely dilute your brand and it will become more frustrating than anything. Yeah, and it sounds like there's been a, a bit of a, a, maybe not a bit, but a lot of patience involved in, in your your business growth model where, you know, you're, you're, you're sticking with your plan and you're sticking with your why and you're just, you're staying the course. You're not jumping around trying different things because someone else is and it looks like it's working for them. And I think that's really important yeah. to highlight with you know, your story and what you've talked about in regards to, um, you know, the reason why you started the brewery place and just the way you want to feel and the messaging you want to put out there yeah and i think one thing i would say as well and i actually just brought to mind because i see somebody that joined here rail yard brewing um find great strategic partners to partner with and align yourself with right lean into your community that's super super huge you know when when we were going through the pandemic we weren't the only one there was multiple everyone was going through it as a brewery and 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 as a community. And so we knew right away, we needed to strategically align with people to make sure that everyone was okay, to make sure we all took care of each other. And outside of the realm of the pandemic, we lean into those relationships as well to help with marketing for each other, right? To help, I mean, you see how we engage with our breweries and Airdrie alone, but we always promote stuff from Rail Yard Brewing all the time. They've been so grateful to carry one of our beers on their taps now. And that's like through the roof for us. Like we love those guys. And, you know, we, we have great partnerships that we lean into to help grow our brands and lift our brands, right? Um, there's a, uh, there's, there's photo booths that we do, you know, relationships with. Um, we we have uh, food trailers. We have all kinds of businesses that are um, here in Airdrie that we will work with on a repeated date basis because it helps to lift our brand up and their brand up. Rising tides raise all ships. So don't be afraid. That's a, it's another tip. Don't be afraid to to lean into partnerships and into into community to help drive your business. You don't have to do it alone. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of. Um entrepreneurs are unfortunately still uh, feeling very competitive in their field and it's just they're just shooting themselves in the foot so thank you for everything that you've just said it's really 
I think it's really um, local supporting local is the key and is so important. Yeah, thanks, really. I appreciate you watching and chiming in on that. Um, okay, I want to shift gears a little bit and go a little more like broad. What's the best book you've read, read lately? Uh, oh, Buy Back Your Time. Buy Back, Back Your Time. time. Yeah, Buy Back Your Time is a book um, that talks about how to find unique ways to maximize your time. Um, and it's a great book that shows you how to break things into quadrants between personal, professional, uh, family life, all the things. And then really, it, it's got mathematical equations that um, can break down the dollar value of your time in certain tasks. So then what you can do is highlight them between green and red. And anything that's red is something that you should probably have someone else doing for you because it's actually stealing money from you, not giving you money. But, you know, high functioning humans tend to just want to do everything for themselves. So Buy Back Your Time is a really good book. Um, and it's written by a Canadian uh, investor and technology expert. Um, also, another book that I just finished called The One Thing, uh, Jay Papazan and Gary Keller. It is one of the best, like, finding your uh, vision books that you could ever read. And honestly, it's such a uh, important uh, book for people that are struggling with like focus and direction and like how to get all your ducks in a row. I always use the phrase an octopus on roller skates, like all the legs are moving, but there's no direction. The one thing is such a good book for that. And then one of the other ones I love, actually there's two that I love. Sorry, don't mind as I go in my library. Um, the Dichotomy of Leadership by Jocko Wilnick and Leif Babin, amazing book about leadership and extreme ownership. Like these guys are um, former Navy SEALs that now lead CEOs and executives across the world to lead teams. And they are incredible storytellers, but they talk about like building trust with people. And sometimes the most intimidating person is not the leader that you need or need to be. And they're not the person that typically people will follow. Be someone that, that people can trust and they'll follow you through any battle. So good books, all great books that I would Okay. Read. Thank you for that. Wow, that's a lot more than I thought you were going to share. That's great. I definitely have listened to quite a bit of Jocko uh, on, on his podcast, So, um, but I have not read any of his books. So that's really great. Uh, I needed that nudge. Um, that was a very selfish question because I'm looking for a great book, but I know that the printers listening to the podcast will enjoy that one as well. They're all of those. Read the one thing, and then on the, there's a podcast for the one thing as well. Mm -hmm. And there's a contributor on there. Her name is Nikki Miller, and she's a very good entrepreneurial leader. And you guys will really love the content she creates. Okay, good, good, good to know. Thank you. Um, so I have some questions about the differences between living in Texas and the Calgary area, which don't really have anything to do with business necessarily, unless you find a way to put a twist on it that way, but. Um, what are the three or four biggest and best differences, um, you know, between living in Austin, right? Yeah. And living yeah. in the Calgary area. Yeah. What? So we, we moved down here, uh, 10 years ago. Um, my wife is from Texas and, you know, we, I, I was with a company that I was the director of U.S. expansion of, and they told me I could live anywhere in, in the Texas area. And I chose Austin because it's very there's a lot of similarities in a lot of ways to Calgary in the sense that it's more that in the hill country, rivers, lakes, all the fun things, um, outdoors, things to do, camping, fishing, all that stuff. Um, but, you know, the one thing about Austin is it is an entrepreneurial and tech hub. 
So when I got down there, I was in the energy industry at the time. And, um, you know, obviously a legacy industry that in Calgary can actually keep you in a bit of a bubble. You know, you never realize how much of a bubble you're in until you start to expand out into new networks. And coming down here was a big jump for me because my entire network was up there. So uh, fortunately for me, I have the gifted gab and I'm, I, I love to network and, and do, you know, uh, charity and whatnot. And I started to get into social circles with people that were tech founders and entrepreneurs. And I started to really feel the energy that came from, you know, an innovative market like the Austin market. And I would say like one of the major differences I found was that people are so willing to try new things down here, uh, whether they fail or not. You know, they're willing to fail forward, learn fast and then regroup and rebuild and go. I don't know that that doesn't exist in Calgary, but I will say what you're seeing is that I have found, at least in the beer industry, for sure, you know, this area is probably about five years ahead in the craft beer industry comparatively to what you see in Alberta. I think that uh, Canadians have a bit more of a discerning uh, ability to, to be risky. And in a lot of ways, we just have this, like, not that we're ever concerned about it, but we're very set in our ways about what we like and what we don't like. Mm-hmm. And and I think you know um, that what what it happens is that we're classified as early we're not we're not early adopters we're kind of late majority when it comes to a growth curve if you're ever if you're listening look up what that is Simon Sinek talks about it um, but the idea is that we like a lot of people to go before us try things out prove that they're awesome and then we'll jump into that bandwagon and I think it's got a lot to do with fiscal responsibility too I think as Canadians mm-hmm. we like to hold our money close to our hearts. And, and, you know, we're, we're lake people that like to go and have a quiet weekend at the cabin or in the trailer and not spend $300 versus, you know, going out and blowing our money. And so those dollars stay close to our hearts. And I think that that leads sometimes into a lack of desire to, to take risks. There's nothing wrong with that. But down here, man, it's the wild west. Like people are starting vending machine companies that can automatically spit out anything just by thinking about it and how it just all <laughs> kinds of weird stuff. AI technology was here six years ago. I saw robots walking around serving people at South by Southwest long before it was even thought to bring it up into into Canada. I mean, there's um, there's things from data mining to Bitcoin factories to, you know, when, before Calgary even got scooters, they were throwing them off of the bridges here in Austin long before. I mean, th- so, you know, I was really blessed to be a part of an innovative mindset group. And I, I, I graduated slowly or I gravitated over to technology like that. You know, I was, I was brought into a couple companies and I got to be exposed to some really cool tech founders that built incredible technology around public relations and marketing and and um, just, you know, innovative things around real estate and how to grow in the real estate business. And um, it led me to some really cool opportunities. And I think, you know, comparatively to, to Calgary, you're starting to see that, that that sort of thing happen, right? Like down here, Amazon is everywhere. There is a massive warehouse all over the place. Elon Musk has a house like five miles from where I live right now. They have a massive Tesla operation, not in North Austin, not just in North Austin, but in South Austin. Like Apple has built this mega spaceship out here that I can only define as the largest stadium I've ever seen in my life, but it's where they're going to have like a campus with full on functioning hotels and homes and everything that Apple employees can live on. It's uh, yeah, it's super weird. It looks like a commune, but it's massive. And, um, but that's, that's how this area is. 
So when you're surrounded by that kind of technology and the energy opportunities um, are still here as well, because Texas is a massive energy hub of drilling and gas, of oil and gas and everything, it really is the best of all worlds. So you have this excitement to create, this entrepreneurial fever that you just catch organically. In relation to Calgary, that's there, it's present and it's ever present. I've always loved one of the innovative things that I always brag about is the innovative technology that you see in the oil and gas sector coming out of Alberta. We're one of the cleanest drilling workplaces in the world. And I think one of the things that I love about Calgary is now you're seeing those tech hubs, those incubators. We're starting to see more startup culture, more money technologically being spent there, more, more microchip companies. All these things are coming into Alberta. And I think that if I had an, any advice to, to some of these people back home that maybe have been spending that time in the energy industry, grab onto that tech opportunity. There's never too, too late of a time to start thinking innovatively and start changing your career trajectory. Get mm -hmm. into tech, you know, get into tech and be innovative. Um, being down here has taught me that there are so many smart people that will help you if you just ask. And the best way to learn, get in and get your hands dirty, right? And I think the great thing that I love about Alberta is whether you're a rig hand, whether you're a mud man, whether you're a geologist, whether you're a brewer, we have a natural innate ability to dive in, no questions asked, I will do whatever you need. A grain farmer, what, like, you name it, we've all done this. So I think that, you know, you see that spirit in Alberta, it's very present here. Here we're five years ahead of up there, but if people can start doing what we do down here up there, I, I think Alberta is in a very, very incredible spot. Nice. Nice. And so do you come back to this area often or are you, you there pretty much all the time? Yeah, I mean, I used to come back monthly pre-COVID. Uh, I used to come back and check on the brewery and be there and be part of planning sessions. Um, you know, now I don't have to go as frequently. Um, we also, we've got two little ones now here at four and two, so we're very busy. But um, I do try to go up. I was there for the beer festival that we just had. Um, so when I do go there, I make sure to um, be present, go around, meet customers, shake hands, kiss babies, so to speak, and, and really try to sit down with our team. We all love to have planning sessions to innovate. Um, the last trip I was up there, we've got some really exciting things that are coming that I can't quite announce yet, but I got a chance to tour some really neat areas that um, we're expanding to, I guess I could say. So um, really exciting things going on there. So um, I try to get back as often as I can because obviously too, you know, family is up there. That's that's home to me and it and always will be. My family and friends are there and I miss them nonstop. So it's always good to be home in the fresh mountain there. Awesome. And I have one very selfish question. Can I be one of the Balzac Brewery like taste testers for the next new beer? <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. You don't even have to ask. We we are always happy. We've got some really cool beers coming up that we're really excited about um, that we're actually going to be turning. One of them actually is, is one we brought a few times. It's now won some awards, our Vienna Lager. Um, and so we're doing some really cool things with that to be able to now can it and make it part of our mainstream. We have really some very cool Christmas stuff coming up that I would love if you wanted to come in and taste. Yeah. It. Sit yeah, down, right? sit down at the bar and we'll let you run through the whole gamut. Awesome. I was there last week and I uh, was on my way to another event, so I was only able to have my one 
my one pint, but it was delicious and the staff were amazing. And even though I think Eric, his name yeah. is, he was very nervous. He still cooperated for video, which was amazing. Uh, and yeah. loved, like looking around that place, there was a family, like looked like they had like two teenage kids and mom and dad and they were playing. I'm trying to remember what board game they were playing. I think they're playing like sequence or something. Anyways, they were playing some game that you guys had there. I just want to just congratulate you guys on building such a fine establishment and being such a community-minded organization. And again, for allowing us to come in on September 13th for our marketing workshop yeah. um, with Real Biz Moms. So yeah, and thank you so for taking welcome. the time today. I don't want to keep you any longer. No, um, do you have anything right. that you'd like to share just to wrap things up? I would love for you to share with everyone who's going to be listening. What are we going to be expecting? Like, tell me what's happening at this event that everyone should be there excited. And as a, as a female business owner, like what can they expect? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, you're going to meet a bunch of new female business owners and the YYC Vampires community and the Real Biz Moms. We are two like separate communities, but we have a lot of kind of members that intermingle between the communities. And this is our first time ever. We've been talking about it for a couple of years now. It's our first time ever doing an event together. And my focus is on marketing and on helping women gain the confidence to just show up authentically on social media to really clarify their message um, and figure out, you know, basically who they should be serving before they go out onto social media. So I have a marketing school. So I'm taking some of my kind of key lessons from that marketing school and I'm presenting them, um, you know, workshop style with, you know, activities. And uh, they're going to actually walk away from that four hour workshop with a social media action plan. So it's going to take them about 30 days to complete their action plan. And then they're going to be able to just tweak a few things and repeat it and use it again and again. So it's going to be a really valuable tool that they can walk away with. And yeah, I'm really excited to be partnering with Vivian from Real Biz Moms. She's built a really fantastic, solid community as well. She's going to share some of her community building and growth tips as well. So yeah. I love it. And door well, great. Well, We have awesome door prizes. So. Anything we can do to help, please do not hesitate. Let us know. And I mean, look, if, if we... If, we, if we're able to make this uh, a good event, I think what you should do is challenge anybody that is looking to like set a goal of how many followers they want to increase or whatever that is. Make sure they document it. And let's do this from an accountability standpoint. Anybody that hits their goal that they plan when they're at this event and they hit that goal, I will buy them a pint or a four pack or whatever that is. You let me know okay. and they can come in and I will, I will buy a four pack for every person that hits their goal from this, from their YYC Friendpreneurs uh, uh, event. Okay. So if you, if you, if you come to this, you make a goal to increase 250 followers and you hit that goal, then come in, you let me know and yeah. they can come in and I will buy them a four pack of whatever beer they want. Okay. Wow. Do you have a little like piece in our handouts about that? I'll run it by you first, but yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Look, I can't, marketing can be easy for some, but accountability is key, right? <laughs> I mean, I I can't even tell you the amount of content calendars I've created that have ended up on the cutting room floor because I never was able to finish them, right? Yes. But when I have sat down, and my wife is great at sharing this with me, you know, when we sit down, we set these goals. And then we actually achieve them and they're in front of us and we're constantly holding ourselves accountable and you see the movement that small incremental growth is what yes. changes your entire trajectory so yes totally i love that thank you for adding that accountability piece uh some incentive that is beer which is awesome i actually have been asking in eventbrite um i've been asking all of the the registrants um for like you know do you love beer are you like meh 
Um, do you never drink beer? And most of them are saying that they love beer. So yeah, I think women are drinking two, beer more, which I think is so awesome. We've got two great ciders too. So if they want ciders, then we got, we yes. got to set up. Yes. And I think I talked to, is it Nola yesterday? Yes. Yeah, so one of the founders. That's your yeah. mom. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure yeah. if she was your mom. So, but yeah, yeah, we had a great chat and she's going to be there with us, which I'm so pumped yeah. about. Yeah. So thank she's you so much. Keeps keeps us, uh, she's the one that keeps us in line. Otherwise, dad and I it would be like a crazy circus with monkeys flying everywhere. So. Yeah, she, she kind of called. She's like, so what's happening here? <laughs> and I'm like, well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it was great. So yeah, yeah, so really, I'm really happy to uh, have made that connection with her beforehand and, and I'm excited to meet her in person and get lots of pictures Good. with her. And yeah, so thank you again. I want to let you get on with your evening. I so appreciate this and uh, yeah, looking forward to, um, I've got sort of some more stuff coming up for all the women who have tickets. I'm sending them an email with a really cool image that they could share. And when they tag you guys and uh, YYC Gun Critters and Real Biz Moms, they're getting extra um, ballots in the door prize draw. So you'll see some of those coming awesome. up soon, I hope. Yeah. Good. Well, let's let's uh, let's lean into that. Let's help all these businesses grow together. And then, look, I'll I'll buy beer for everybody that hits their goals. You just keep letting me know when people are setting goals and hitting them, and bring them in for a pint, and I'll help celebrate. Sounds yeah. good. I would love that. Okay, let's do it. Thank you so all much, right. Michael. Have a You're good so evening. Take care. Bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs>